I've really got to work out how to spell your and your for once in my goddamn life. I Yeah, I find it really interesting how people get tripped up on that. It's it's just, I filed it wrong. I filed your in yours place. So talk me through the process when you go to write your versus your apostrophe Ari. I don't know. I mean, I understand it, obviously. Oh, go on. You are. Yeah. Is why are you apostrophe Ari. Yeah. But I still will just punch out like a why are you are. Yeah. And then I'll read back on it and be like, oh, you idiot. You look so stupid. When you come across that word, because I will say that it's not filed naturally in my brain. Oh, like it's I, not? You no. have to think about it. Every time I write it, I say it out loud. Well, so, I'll, for example... <laughs> You're being ridiculous. I'll go, you are, oh, need that apostrophe RE. I love that's what you reached for. You're being ridiculous. Revs, you're apostrophe RE being ridiculous. (laughs) We all know you're better at life than me. Congrats on your process. Can I give you a little tippity doodah? Sure. (laughs) If in doubt, don't add the apostrophe RE because I'll explain why. Okay. You can almost blame laziness for not adding the apostrophe RE. But it's more awkward when you add the apostrophe RE and it's meant to be your. Because then you're like adding way more letters and work. You have overthought this. <laughs> Are there any other words that you stumble on? So many. Such as? Are you a bought brought confuser? No, that's easy. Bought as in buy? Brought as in? Brought it along. No, bring. All right. (laughs) I thought you wanted context. Oh, God, dear listeners, if that one stumps you, just say bought as in buy, brought as in bring. Okay. The one that I get stumped on is stationary and stationary. Oh, well, I don't because I had a stationary business. Yep. Stationary business. You had to spell it frequently. I had to spell it every single day. So that is built into my muscle memory. What about effect and effect? Very hard. Yes. But that's not spelling. That's just kind of like affect it's and effect. Effect, yeah. Yeah. And it's been hard with COVID times because it's like, this. how does this affect? Yeah, how does yeah. this affect? <laughs> so which one is it? In that context, is it A or E? A. How does this affect, affect me? me? Yeah. Is a vaccine effective? Ah, <laughs> effective. <laughs> Throw in a third option. Suzzles. Yeah. What about like the gem effect? E. E, yeah. Yeah. It's the gem effect. Yeah. I don't know what the gem effect is. Neither do I, but I'm here for it. (laughs) But yeah, that one definitely gives me pause. Yeah. The one that makes me twitch when I see it on the gram is lose and loose. Oh, yeah. Don't mix those up. So many people spell lose as in to lose a race. Yeah. Double O. And I know that (laughs) it sounds... (laughs) I don't know where I'm pulling these from. I get that the word lose... When you say it, it's sounds elongated, uh-huh. so it sounds long, so surely it needs multiple O's, whereas loose is almost shorter in a way. Wait! What? So, oh, she's loose, L-O-O-S-E? Correct. Okay, but to lose a, say, ring, yep. gem. Singular O. <laughs> Shut up, I still haven't found my ring, DLs. <laughs> and this house is getting more and more filthy as Hun lockdown GP. goes on. It's GP. getting further buried in the corners of this house somewhere. I just, I've given up guys oh my god you can't give up it's a rock you can't give up it's somewhere in this i think wardrobe where we are right now yeah but the problem is is that i have an unwillingness to sort out this space well i know because i'm (laughs) sitting in it and it's just deplorable all right should we get into that yeah i think we probably should a one a two we have a thousand things to do but we'd rather chat to you With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this.
what you need to basic bitches with a podcast hello and welcome to we don't have time for this i'm your host Gemma pranita aka Gemma peanut on the gram along with my co-host Rev. hello rev how are you today I'm great yeah i'm great high vibes well like no like are any of us really great in this uh, week nine of lockdown in Sydney. Is it week nine? It's week nine. Far out, Brussels sprout. But, you know, what are we to do? Be depressed forever? It's not sustainable. So today I've heavily caffeinated. I've got a problem. What? I wanted to be heavily caffeinated. Uh, yes. Tell the DLs what you did. I just, I went rogue and I regret it. You know, dear listeners, when you have a favourite thing on a menu at a particular restaurant or cafe and then one day... You decide, you know what? I'm gonna try something new. I'm gonna give something else a go. I'm not gonna be predictable or gem. It just gets a weak mocker every time. Yep. As we now know, I am a weak mocker gal. My favourite cafe is in Freshwater. It's called Cruise Espresso because they use melted Belgian chocolate. So okay. you can just imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm back to being the connoisseur of mockers. But today I thought I wanna shake shit up. Mm. And someone told me about a dirty chai latte. And I was like, yes! Back in the day, I used to love me a chai latte. Mm-hmm. Dude, the dirty chai has made me dirty. Oh. As in, I'm fucking filthy about it. Oh. It tasted rank. It tasted like sink water. Who would have thought that adding espresso to a spice mix wouldn't be delicious? Fuck you. It's like, it's a weird combination that any, I can't believe anyone's ever liked it. You know what? In my head, it worked. Like, I was like, yes. The sweet, spicy chai with a little hint of espresso. <laughs> but no, it wasn't exotic at all. It, it tastes like dirt water. It's the only way I can explain it. India and Italy aren't friends. <laughs> now that you say it. I reckon you should have just got a weak latte with a bunch of sugars. I don't like that. How do you know? What is wrong with a mocha? I feel judged. You know what? I blame you, Revs, Good. for my rogueness. Yes. I would have stuck with a weak mocha, but I was thought, Revs is judging me, so I better go for something else fancy schmancy. Went for a dirty chai. Don't do it. Look, I'm not a fan of shame generally, as we we know now. This is kind of my thing to like not shame people. However, shame is very useful when used sparingly, and there are a few things in life that should be shameful. One is drinking mockers. Nah. Hot coffee milkshake does not an adult make. You offend me. <laughs> you know what, babe? Just drink your mockers. I don't want to hear about dirty chais and disappointing coffees ever again. It took up a large proportion of our morning. <laughs> We're suffering today, DLs, because Revs and I did an Instagram live last night and we started at 8 o'clock and we ended it at about 9.30. But you kind of get like a buzz. Yeah. And it's really hard to go to sleep after. You know what? That's your coffee hit. What, do a live? Yep. <laughs> do a live. Just go live every, every Thursday day. morning. <laughs> and then record the potty. you be charging all day. Look, babe, it's fine. Have your mocha. But can you at least... Does it have to be weak? <laughs> like, Is that the part that's bothering you? That's the you? part that's really bothering me. <laughs> if you just remove the weak, I reckon I can get on board. Can it just be a mocha? Deal. I can work with Amazing. that. Amazing. My mum, love you, mummy, but her coffee order, oh, it, it fills me with shame. Is it a decaf? It's a weak decaf long black. Cannot. And baristas look at you with a level of disappointment in their eyes that 
surely they should reserve for their own children. It is so upsetting and embarrassing. And when I have to order it for her, I'm always like, I, I change the order around so it sounds less embarrassing. I go, oh, and a, a long black with some extra hot water. Not too strong. <laughs> because I can't say the words weak, decaf, long black. Because they so often say, so a cup of hot water. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. You know, I dated a barista once. Oh, yeah. Do you remember him? I do. He was excellent at coffee art. Oh. Kind of a very, like, niche skill to have. Not quite sure how you can leverage that to have a career. I can't really say it's sexy. I mean, it's not not sexy. I don't know. I found it sexy. Did like, you? it was kind of like this hot emo-esque barista. Yeah. And then you'd order a coffee, or in my case, a weak mocha, hot chockey, and suddenly there's a portrait. Oh, shit. No, like, I'm talking real coffee art. Not like, oh, here's a leaf. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo, via autumn. I'm, I'm talking portraits or like a dog or yeah what yeah he used to win competitions that's hot right um <laughs> <laughs> i guess any kind of intense skill is hot <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know how it would ever be that useful <laughs> it's not except to win you over and get in your panties Lol. and won me over he did did win you over. He was lovely. He was. R.I.P. That boyfriend. Shame. <laughs> so I think my accountant broke up with me. I'm not surprised. What do you mean? Rebs. If I was your accountant, I too would break up with you. If I was my accountant, I would run screaming on fire through the streets. <laughs> so talk me through what happened. Something must have triggered this conversation. Well, I, I've been late on doing my tax this year, so I was like, oh God, I've just got to get someone to do this for me. So I sent the email and I was like, hey, I'm just wondering if you're free to do a tax return and also I need some other stuff done and I was like detailing it for him and I didn't hear from him for a couple of days and then I got this email that was like I'm so sorry I'm just snowed under with work and homeschooling and I just don't have capacity to get this done for you in a timely fashion right now so sorry oh okay and I was like okay don't worry about the big thing but um can are you just can you just do my tax return for me and he's like yeah I'm really sorry Kate I don't have capacity and I was like it's me. He knows it's going to be like pulling teeth, getting all the info from me. How do you pee? I'm pretty sure he broke up with me. Do you feel heartbroken? Well, I'm just like, wow, that's the level it's reached. <laughs> my bad, like, adulting in that department. But, oh. Like, my actual accountant was like, no, I've had some bad clients, <laughs> but this one takes the cake. I, I spiraled a little bit, and I imagined him having a conversation with his wife and being like, Kate's asked me to do a tax return. And she's like, I've said to you <laughs> millions of times, next time Kate asks you to do a project, say no. Cut the fat, get rid of those bad clients. And he's like, I just feel so sorry for her, you know? <laughs> She's like, her life's falling apart. And she's like, I don't care, babe. Every time you take her on, you spiral in the kitchen. No more Kate. You end up losing money when you take her on. That's how much work is required of you. Do you know what? I do wonder if there's like a black book in the accounting world that's floating around and your name is marked in there as do not work with. And then you call up a bunch of accountants and they're like, sorry, Kate, I'm at capacity. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. All the accountants in all the pictures have no time for me. Because you don't make time for them. I know. I guess I just won't file a tax return then. Is that cool? No. <laughs> I am in such a circle of life admin in this area at the moment. I have to go to Centrelink because my MyGov stopped working and ah, I have to get it all linked up and it's too much for me to bear. These are the moments where I hate being a grown up. I hate it. You know when you were a kid and you looked at someone in their 30s and mm. you were like, that's an old person. Like old. that's a grown up. But 
at no point through life do we suddenly go, flick, I'm an adult now. No. Like, I still feel like, in many ways, 20-year-old gem, but I've just got a fuck ton more responsibilities, and that shit ain't fun. Yeah. You know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? All of that. Yeah. (laughs) All of that. I guess I need a new accountant. Anyone want to slide on in? Do my tax return? (laughs) I love that you're using a potty. I'll pay you, but I won't make it easy for you. Run. Run. (laughs) I have no receipts. My zero is not up to date. Oh, God. But can you just sort it out for me, please? So from the last episode, I feel like we have one big retraction to make. No, it's not even a retraction, but it's more in reference to what our DL community have been saying. We talked in the last episode about wedge shredding. Yes. And how, look, I generalized, okay? I said, (laughs) who didn't wedge shred for their wedding? No, no, no. Whoa, whoa. I believe you said, I challenge anyone who's ever been married... (laughs) (laughs) because that's how you talk my darling you don't speak in halves you go all in and you said i challenge anyone who's ever been married to tell me they didn't drop a ton of weight before their wedding and now look back on their photos and go who that well in that case the avalanche of dl's telling us they didn't wed shred uh was warranted because (laughs) i did challenge you and uh challenge accepted by many yes and i think that's amazing i take my fucking hat off to you like well done for not succumbing to the pressures of society (laughs) no i'm not saying that in a sarcastic way like i'm genuinely like i wish that 30 year old gem thought that way yeah like zero fucks given i feel like 35 year old gem now wouldn't give a shit yeah about that kind of stuff but there's a lot of things that i look back on my wedding that i'm like why did i care so much about that and why did i care so much about that um, would you ever renew your vows? 100p. Oh, tell me. Yeah, Hubs and I talked about this actually. So giving context. So Hubs and I got married in Thailand. We booked out an entire villa, immediate families and our entire bridal party stay at the villa which was amazing everyone got their own rooms and it had two swimming pools and then all of our guests came and our entire wedding was spent at the villa i know everyone thinks their wedding was great your wedding was amazing but i feel like our wedding was extra fun mostly because thailand has very um flexible laws Mm. so just little things like there was no time curfew so the wedding went till three o'clock in the morning and the only reason why it got shut down was because the heavens open and we had torrential rain and the DJ had to get his speakers out of the rain. <laughs> and that's the, literally the only reason why the wedding ended was because the music got killed. And things like... And it didn't even end at that point. Then we just all jumped in the pool. It's, it's all, all a I, bit of a blur. All I remember is just being on your brother's shoulders, just going like, Tim Chum, Tim Chum, <laughs> Tim Chum. His name is Tim Chumsai. <laughs> and everyone's like, we love Tim Chum. I can't remember the joke, but it was just all about Tim Chum. <gasps> oh, how good. Yeah. But other little things, for example, which wouldn't be allowed in Australia is, you know, like pool areas are very well fenced off. Yeah, for good um, reason. For very good reason. Not in Thailand. No. And the other thing you're allowed in Thailand are glass bottles in pools. So literally the wedding reception flowed <laughs> seamlessly without any barriers from where you eat to the dance floor, straight into a swimming pool with no barriers and you're allowed glass bottles. So it's you amazing can, no one cut their shit up. It is incredible. A lot of our guests are actually the ones who are like, you guys need to renew your vows and we all need to go back to Villa Kalyana. And Hubs and I were like, how cool would it be for our 10 year anniversary Ooh. to go, hey guys, we've booked Villa Kalyana. If anyone wants to come, Ugh. 
fun. This is where we're going to be, come along if you want, kind of vibe. And I think in 10 years' time, our kids will be at an age where they can enjoy it in their own way. Mm. And would you do a vow renewal? Like, would you wear a dress and renew your vows? Yeah, I would love to do that, genuinely. And would you, like, take that as an opportunity to reframe what marriage means to you and would you set new vows or would you literally renew the vows you made on your wedding day? No, I would set new vows because the goalposts change because now we've got two children and look, there were things in those vows that Hubs made that he's not lived up to. (laughs) I'm sure you've smashed your KPIs. I'm sure you've exceeded all expectations. What vows has he not lived up to? <laughs> One of his vows was I promised to hang the towels. I wonder if this is still a trend in weddings. I haven't been, been to a wedding for a while, but this was a trend in our era of like, you've got to put one funny vow in there that's like some little weird deficiency that annoys you domestically. Yeah, but I took it seriously when he said, I will hang up bath towels. And you know what? They still end up wet on my fucking bed. Well, that's grounds for divorce then. It is. Mm. Hubs, watch out. I had one that was, um, I wouldn't put tea bags in the sink. Oh, do you still do that for sure? No, I do it again now. <laughs> it's like my weird little rebellious thing. <laughs> but I didn't do it for 12 years. Are you serious? Yeah, I took that vow very seriously. <laughs> no, Revs, that is absolute BS. Perhaps you were doing that at home. But you never did that at my house. You <laughs> left all your fucking skanky tea bags in my sink and I'd be like, yeah, Revs was here. Obvi. Sorry. Okay, so you would do completely new vows for yeah. where you're at now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And we've grown and evolved and also I wouldn't do a wedding. Like no. I just I God no. No, no judgment. But <laughs> I'm not even interested in wearing like a white wedding dress. I just Yeah, kinda... the jig is up. You've got two kids. Yeah. There's nothing virginal about you. (laughs) There's nothing flattering about wearing all white either. So, yeah, for me, it would be a celebration, a party. I don't even know if we'd necessarily renew our vows now that I think of it, but more so So just... So what you want is a holiday? I I just want a holiday with friends and I'm just wrapping it up into some bullshit second wedding. So would you ever do just you and Hub's vow renewal? No. Like just you and the kids? No. No. No, I don't see the point in that. We want, we want an excuse to throw a party without. So it's friends. about the party. I think it's. I think we should just have a party. I don't know. I don't. Actually, I take it all back. Don't need to do a vow renewal at all. I just want to throw a party. I have heard it said a few times. I forget who the expert is or who had the analysis, but that if you choose to get married, you should look at that marriage every seven years and sort of say, do we want to continue being married? Enter a new stage of marriage or redefine where the marriage is at because that is the point where you should have sort of grown and evolved. Yes. We talk about this seven-year itch. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Hubs and I are coming up to six years mm-hmm. this year and next year will be our seventh year. I think that's an interesting concept yeah. to sit down because I feel like he's as basic as, yeah, I'll stick with you. And then we just keep, <laughs> you know, keep on going. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. You, you happy? Got any notes? <laughs> <laughs> Esther Perel. Yeah says that most of us will have two or three marriages or committed relationships in our life, a lot of us with the same person. And that you, at some point, say, our first marriage is done. Yeah. Do we want to enter a new marriage or a second marriage together? 
I love that. I like it too. Okay, let me retract once more. I would like to renew my vows <laughs> on an island with all my friends. Okay. And enter my new marriage with my same husband. I love it. I can't wait to be there. Fab. I'm going to wear white to your wedding. <laughs> yep, be the scene stealer. Go for it. <laughs> this time the Daily Mail will notice me. <laughs> Okay, you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? The overachieving mum in your mother's group who slides into, inadverted commas, ask for advice. Oh, yeah. But really what they want is to be told they're amazing. (laughs) I feel like I need more context. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like when they ask for help, but before you even get a chance to help them, they've already answered their own question by sharing their process. Yeah. It's exhausting. And being like, but does anyone else have any suggestions? It's like, nope, everything you listed. Sounds like you're nailing it. Yeah. Well done. It's funny because I wonder if I actually was guilty of this when I was a first time mum myself. Unsure. But now I'm like, I've got a four-year-old and a six, almost seven-year-old in my mother's group. When someone is like, hi guys, um, just wanted to get some help on this topic. And then goes on to say how they've completely nailed something. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you slide on in? Because I just wanted to be congratulated. Yeah. And then who am I to be like, okay, this person obviously needs a bit of validation today. Like, does it really hurt me to like double tap it and say, oh, you've got this mama. Woo. Go girl. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it doesn't take a lot from me. (laughs) Solidarity, sister. (laughs) I'm sending extra strong coffee. You know, it doesn't take a lot from me. And yet it feels like it drains my soul. It drains my soul, Jim. But I feel like this is a trait that is reserved only for first-time mums. Ah, okay. I don't think second-time mums give a fuck to share their woes about a certain age and stage of their baby slash toddler Uh, because they've kind of done it all with their firstborn, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And also, with your firstborn, you're so fixated on milestones. Yes. Like, it's unbelievable, the shift from first to second. Yes. Like, with Iggy, I was like, oh, you crawling yet? Nah, how old are you? Don't know. (laughs) Sure, it's fine. You know? You didn't need to slide into mother's group like, hi, guys, Iggy's 17 months and four days old and he's not yet walking i've seen the pediatrician (laughs) i've googled i've done my research i've looked at this but alas still no steps um any tips no none of that i was about to say i challenge anyone i'm not not gonna start any sentence with i challenge because cue the avalanche of dls being like with my second born (laughs) it's so funny i've always preferred mum company of irreverent mums who are a bit like ah what Whatever, doesn't matter because it just aligns well with my parenting attitude. I feel the same. You know, those very well researched mums. It's interesting because the good mum, yes, for example. I was just thinking of the good She mom. is the most well researched mum whose opinion I 100p respect. 100%. And she's that person who I go to and I'm like, well, she's done all the research and I trust her advice. <laughs> you just mine her as your personal Google. Absolutely. <laughs> I think actually recently I messaged her and I said, I promise you're not my Google, but I cannot figure out where click and collect for Woolworths is. Oh my God. No, I did. And she talked me through it. She's like, babe, you go onto this street, then you turn here, then it'll loop you through the car park. There's clear signs. Like, bless the good mum's heart. She's your virtual EA. No, don't say that. That sounds so patronizing. She's just my bestie to give that annoying advice that no one else would ever give me. And I probably abuse it. But... 
when you have that really well-researched mum mm. in mother's group mm-hmm. who likes to plant seeds of conversation where it's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> and a prime example of that is baby-led weaning. Like it, when all... Okay, baby-led weaning is a trigger for you. It is. It's always your example. Can you unpack why it's baby led weaning? Babe, what happened? <laughs> what happened to you around baby led weaning? I need to know. Something obviously went down. So, okay. <laughs> Cooking is not my forte. I know that. <laughs> Everybody fucking knows that. And I think I live with constant guilt that I'm not feeding my kids the right things uh, all the time. It's okay. the same way that when people share lunch boxes, yep. I get triggered because I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not that mum. I need to be that mum. I should be that mum. I'm not. I'm doing a disservice to my kids because they're not eating fucking, I don't know, homemade bliss balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the topic of baby led weaning came up, my guilt was rooted in the fact that I just didn't give a fuck. And then suddenly someone shone a light on me being, like you should give a fuck oh why don't you give a fuck jim don't you love your children enough to give a fuck about how food enters their mouth (laughs) and then there's that other part of me that's like everyone is going to learn how to feed themselves at some point it doesn't matter if they're being spoon fed for the first six months of their life like does it matter but then they hit you with the research research has shown that when your child is in a high chair their feet should be stabilized with a footrest what? Yeah. You know what? When I look at my kids now and their friends and there's like four, five, six-year-olds all sitting on a step eating whatever we've given them, I'm not like, mm, see that one? He was baby-led weaned <laughs> because you can't fucking tell who was bottle-fed, who was breastfed, who was sleep-trained, who's co-slept, who was baby-led weaned, who wore shoes with proper soles and who wore soft-soled shoes. Like, They all kind of turn out the same. Ding, ding, ding. But I say that with no research behind me. I'm not a pediatrician or a journalist. I'm just a with a microphone. And that is my opinion. Okay, so this is what it is. Can I argue this? It's fear-mongery. It's taking the vulnerability of a first-time parent and injecting them with your expertise. <laughs> I love how I'm... Just take sh- down the whole pediatric industry. <laughs> shitting on everyone right now. <laughs> Guys, this is Gem Without Coffee. It's a problem. I'm raging at the world. We have access to too much information. Mm. But then on the other side, I'm like, it's good to do research. You know, all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. So I feel like you just felt you had to say that. I don't think you believe that for one second. <laughs> I don't think that you genuinely think it's good to do your research. I think you think, no, instinct gets you a long way. Look, maybe it's the climate we're in and the phrase, I've done my research, yeah, is triggering. particularly triggering at the moment yeah. on the topic of vaccinations. Cannot go back we here. We can't go back here. I don't want to. I'm tired. And the DLs are like, no, no. They're reeling us back in. They're like, guys, no, please, no. But back to my point, yes. which is I just don't have the energy to like big up anyone else's parenting decisions anymore. And you know what? Now that you've got a four and near seven year old, I think the stage that you're at makes sense. Yeah. So here's a question. How do you feel now that you've moved into that stage of life? Your kids are out of nappies. Yep. They can mostly feed themselves. Yeah, right? they can. They can. Yeah. They Can they dress themselves? Yeah. Okay. So they've stepped into this new stage of independence. Yeah. How do you then feel when you have friends with newborns Yes, and they're like wanting to have conversations with you about whether to baby lead wean or not? Say baby lead weaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it depends.
depends how much I like them. Like, we've got this mutual bestie, Liv. She's got a little baby. I get it up for her because I love her and I care about her little baby. My sister's about to have a baby next week. I care about that baby. That's the two babies I care about. Other babies, fuck off. Don't care. (laughs) Like, I'm so past the baby stage that I don't want to talk about, I don't know, like, poonamis and hand, foot and mouth, like, ever again. Shots fired. (laughs) It's terrible, isn't it? No, it's not terrible. I think it makes sense. Like, I know we talked about this, but it's the same as wedding build-up. Wedding, wedding, wedding. Pinterest board full of weddings, following all the wedding Instagram accounts. You have your wedding and then you're like, oh, I'll unfollow that. I don't want to be fed wedding dresses. I don't care anymore. And your best friend's like, I'm getting married. And you're like, oh, I've already done it. I've done the wedding thing. That's fun for you. (laughs) I'll be over here planning my pregnancy. (laughs) And then you watch a million episodes of One Born Every Minute, do all the research on calm birthing. Then you have a baby. Then for the second one, you're like, not prepped. Haven't done up a room. Haven't done up the nursery. Haven't bought anything. And then you just hard into the block because then you want to renovate. (laughs) (laughs) And thus the cycle begins. So what happens to people who have those enormous age gaps? You know, those people who have like an eight-year-old and then they have a newborn? Yeah, I can't imagine going back into newborn territory now. Like, I know Anna, our resident psychic medium, says we both have more babies in our future, but I I just can't see it for myself. I can't see myself ever having the patience because what gets you through the first time and the second time in a way is a lot of curiosity, yeah, a lot of adrenaline, but also just like, oh my God, I've made a baby and the newness Mm. of that experience and the first time you go through every milestone is a really big deal and it is really special and that keeps you going. Well, it's interesting you use the word special because that specialness Mm. resides solely with your firstborn. Yeah. Isla is the first to hit the milestone of going to big school yeah and then she'll be the first one to do whatever extracurricular activities the first one to go to a kid's birthday party where you don't have to attend as a parent like yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those things are done and experienced through her and yeah. then teddy it's like oh yeah i've got i've done this i've got this well I'm- but no then i guess he's the my last baby is at school or now i'm completely out of nappies for the rest of my life you know like so the- suddenly the middle child syndrome makes sense right because yeah. they <laughs> are like, yeah yeah off you go to school i gotta i gotta <laughs> <laughs> Middle children are my favourite. Seriously, they're so resilient. They give no fucks. True. The best people in the world are middle children. But I'm still not going to make a middle child out of Teddy. No way, no how. He would not cope. You say that. Hang on, what? (laughs) I don't know. I'm on to you, Revs. You've been displaying some clucky behaviour lately. Actually, I have been clucky lately, but not for myself. I've got a little nephew or niece coming any day now. So that's where the fever's coming from. That's where the fever's coming from. So back on the topic of overachieving mums, how do you feel about, and this extends beyond the early stages of parenthood, but you know that one upmanship, mum upmanship? No time for it at all. All. For me, it's professional complainers who... <laughs> I think that's our job. My life is so much harder than yours. Oh, my God. You know those people? Yes. When you're telling them something frustrating or shit that happened in your life and they're like, oh, you think that's bad? Uh, Let me tell you my situation that shit's all over yours. That is peak right now with what's going on in the world. Oh, definitely. But also that is such a mum experience, isn't it? I think we've talked about this before, but it doesn't matter what stage you're at in your parenting journey there's someone ahead of you that wants to tell you oh you think it's hard now wait until they're in high school wait until they start dating wait until they start driving
living, you know, all these things that you're like, oh God, it, like you could have someone who has a baby six months older than you and they will be able to tell you that it's harder for them. Yeah. And we've all been that parent guilty of wanting to school the parent who's behind us of yes. what's to come. Yeah. Shut your damn mouth. Shut your damn mouth. I'm talking to myself as no, well. No, I say, like I've <laughs> definitely done it where I was like, oh, do you really want to buy a white couch? I've been that person. And then I'm like, Jam, just fucking let them discover it for themselves. Like, you don't need to fucking be all self-righteous about the fact that you had a white couch once and now you do not, for obvious reasons. If my mother-in-law is listening to this, she'll be laughing. She definitely told me. I can see Vegemite fingers on that white couch. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, there was Vegemite on that couch and I could not handle it. And so out the white couch went. I'd love a white couch. Oh, one day. There, I have a Pinterest board for things post-children. What do you mean post Where are they going? They fled the nest. Oh, right, when they don't live at home. Where were you? That, you went dark. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have a whole dream house just for that. Yeah. And it's basically a museum. <laughs> and you can't touch anything. Can't wait. Sounds fun. <laughs> Party at your place. Not. Oh. But on the whole who's got it harder thing, mm. I think it's important to never invalidate anyone's feelings. Absolutely. But again, with the climate of the world and the shit that's going on, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking those epic world events or when you hear a really fucked story mm. about someone with kids, doing it genuinely tough. Yeah. Tough to a point where it's unimaginable yeah. what they're going through. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with letting those moments or stories force a sense of gratitude reset perspective mm. on your life. Totally. It doesn't invalidate your shit feelings of finding a situation hard, even when you look at someone else's life and you go, but theirs is harder, therefore I don't have the right to complain. I think you absolutely can, but I invite perspective. Mm. I invite those moments of, fuck, we're actually really lucky. We've yeah. got a lot to be grateful for for. Absolutely. But I do think the last 18 months of lockdown, has it been 18 months? Well, it's been 18 months since... In and out of lockdown, since COVID, COVID hit. hit. Everyone's doing it tough. We have all had to adjust our expectations in life. Mm. Every single one of us. I don't know. I guess I've just been searching a lot for perspective shifts to mm. keep me in check, not to smother my own feelings, yeah, but to just go, it's okay, Jem. You can get through it because they can. Yeah. I think it's a real two things can be true yeah. thing. Like, you know, the state of the world can be thoroughly, crushingly depressing. Um, it can give you anxiety. It can also, yeah, give you a reset and a perspective on how much you have to be grateful for. And you can be struggling just in day-to-day, Groundhog Day, monotony of lockdown or... It's homeschooling. Homeschooling, yeah. I think it's one of those things where all of it can be true. And yeah, just trying to keep your feet on the ground and your head in check and just remembering how lucky we are. Yeah. Yeah. But also find someone you can whinge to. Everyone needs a whinge buddy. Revs is obviously mine. you're obviously mine. And I think you should always give someone permission to whinge and hold space for them. There's nothing worse than when you need to vent and someone (laughs) shuts it down with, it could be worse. Yeah, no, this is so specific. I hold space for you all the time for your whinging. Happy to get on board. There are some people I'm like, don't fucking whinge at me. (laughs) It's so selective whose whinge I will take on. Some people I'm like, oh, you've got it so hard. (laughs) So true. So what I'm 
saying is find yourself selective whinge buddies who you know will handle your shit, you handle their shit, yeah. and then fuck everyone else. Absolutely. <laughs> Can we talk about small pleasures yes. for a second? Yes. Bit of bit of positivity, but I've been at the receiving end of a few small pleasures that have absolutely changed. You've received some small pleasures. <laughs> well done, Hubs. <laughs> well done. Get your head out of the gutter, girl. Never. This is a really random story, but it was just little gestures go a long way. Mm. That's what I've learned through this lockdown. I've got a friend who her daughter and Rafa are so tight. And it's one of those things where, you know, you become parents and then the geography comes into play and it's like, oh, we don't really see each other that much because we don't live close to each other. Anyway, she's moving into my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I got a text from her saying, check your front door. And I went outside and there was a party bag and it had a six pack of beers for hubs, a coconut water for me. On brand. And some chocolates for the kids. And then a drawing from Rafa's mate, Miller. And on the back of it, it said, looking forward to spending more time with you, neighbor. Oh, like, what a fun way yeah. to tell us that they're moving into the hood and yeah. that they finally found their home. I'm going through a stage in life where I am floored by people's thoughtfulness. Like, yeah. I just think, no. I should be the one dropping off a welcome to the hood neighbour hamper (laughs) on their house. And I don't know when they're getting the keys to their house, but I'm assuming it isn't tomorrow but the fact that they just did that I just thought it's so nice and I don't know Hubs and I talk about this all the time especially him he's a broken record about it but community this idea of building community and he's so good at it Mm. sounds like he's about to be trumped by someone moving into the neighborhood (laughs) I know you should watch out mayor of freshwater (laughs) coming for your throne (laughs) but you know something I really admire about my husband is you know how we're all parenting kids we're all in the same boat Mm -hmm. we're all doing the same shit we're all living the same groundhog life even outside of lockdown because we've got that bed bath witching our routine we're not exactly hitting the clubs anymore and socialization is slotted in and around our family life i often think that people are scared to put themselves out there with friends to do something together Mm. because you don't want to be an imposition or you think, oh, no, they're busy doing X, Y, Z. But actually, we're all doing the same shit. It's almost like a lifeline when someone goes, hey, I know it's Sunday night, but should we go and do a picnic and just muck in with, right? But it means putting yourself out there at the risk of no one yeah. Taking you up on that. Totally. And doing the awkward, oh, sorry, we've ordered pizza yeah. or we've whatever. My husband has no shame <laughs> about throwing out a suggestion. And even if no one responds, he's like, oh, and he'll do it again and again and again. And suddenly people jump on board and then more people jump on board. But he's become the person that they rely on to organize the things. So he's like the glue of the community. But I guess I just love that he's like, I don't care. I'll just throw it out there. He'll be like, hey, going to take Rafa for a bike ride at you know, the netball courts, who's in? And he'll send it to a group message with like 10 people. And even if just one person is like, yes, thank you. Sometimes I should adopt a bit more fearlessness of reaching out because often I assume people are busy. But actually in the moment on that day, I would kill to run into someone at the park and have an adult conversation. Totally. I think this is the thing about parenting is you're just so tired and have no energy all the time. It does take effort and consciously making yourself reach out to connect with other people. Obviously this is outside 
out of lockdown. We, right now we can't connect with anyone. But do you think people get hit with blows of, oh, no one? I don't think anyone's ever received a message of, hey, you want to hang out and been like, ugh, have they? <laughs> it's always nice to be like, oh, they're thinking of me or someone wants to hang with me. It's, it's, it's a nice thing. Yeah, that's true. I think it's reach out, make the effort, and it always feels better once you've had that connection, even yeah. if you're exhausted. If you just force yourself to get there. Usually you feel better. Always. Yeah. But what about those social scenarios where you invite someone over and over and they continue to knock back an invitation? Yeah, at some point you got to let them go. <laughs> Take the hint. They don't like you. Well, have you got a not sponsored for me, my darling? <laughs> Took a photo. <laughs> Dear listeners, Rebs has a photo of her not sponsored and I'm literally like, what? Well, I just wanted to get the details right because I'm always scrambling. Yeah, with your Casamigos. Right, everyone, get over the Casa. People slide in and like make fun of me for that mispronunciation every single day. I'm like, did I bring a beautiful, smooth agave tequila into your life or not? Don't throw shade at me. I'm sorry I got it wrong. <laughs> Guys, my not sponsored this week is a mouthwash. Now, it's not sexy. I repeat. What? <laughs> it's a Listerine. I drink a lot of coffee. Yep. I actually really want to get my teeth whitened. It's something I'm going to look into after lockdown. Fun fact, I'm part of the 5% who can't yes. get their teeth whitened. We know. And it's not for any real reason other than it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a little snowflake. Hang on. Hurt? <laughs> there's hurts and then there's unbearable pain. Very different <laughs> things. Just saying. Anyway, I drink lots of coffee. Also, you know, like red wine. And now I'm in my mid to late 30s. Ew. Yeah, you've got to impress some peeps. I've got to get my high beam teeth going for my Tinder profile. <laughs> No, I just want to get my teeth whitened, but obviously can't do it right now. I've tried some of those at-home kit things and they... No good? Nah, they suck. However, just on a whim, I bought this Listerine at Coles the other day. It is Listerine Bright White Whitening Mouthwash. I got weird flavor, lemon and salt. Oh. Sounds whack. Instantly noticed a difference. I'm noticing a difference right now. It like took my coffee stains off my teeth instantly. So I do it morning and night now. You can't eat or drink anything for half an hour afterwards. I thought you were going to say you can't eat or drink. You can't eat or drink this lemon on salt. But I actually think it's working. Like they look better, right? They do. It's just taken that yellowy vibe off my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Anyway. Watch not... out, Tinder. <laughs> Watch out, Tinder. <laughs> My beaming smile's coming for you. DLs, I've got a great not spawny for you. Yay. Because it's inexpensive. Almost on par with the mouthwash. So we're going cheap this week. So you could buy both of our not sponsors <laughs> and not break the bank. I don't know if you've ever heard of a pop socket. But I feel, it makes me feel millennial cool that okay. I have a pop socket. But it's a game changer. Okay. I want to speak directly to people who have iPhones on the max side of life. Yep. So if you've got like an iPhone 12 Pro Max, for example, this is a game changer. Pop sockets come in all sorts of colors. You can have it fit into your life palette. <laughs> but it's just a sticky thing on, that you stick on the back of your phone and it pops out. You know when you have an iPhone Max or one of the bigger phones, it's really hard to type with one hand because yeah. you've got to balance the phone with your fingers and then so reach across. you a surfboard on your hand. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you need two hands. Well, the pop socket just gives you that extra leverage. Mm. It also turns your phone into a bit of a fidget spinner. Ooh. So you can play. Look at Look it at go. You go. I, know. I love that. Also, it's like a little stand. Oh! So you can put your phone on Gem's the table. Gem's doing a demonstration for me here, a live demonstration, and it's selling it to me, i got to say. Yes. You should go on QVC. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, pop sockets. All right. 
They range in price anywhere from twelve ninety five to you can get really bougie diamond encrusted bejeweled ones Goodness. that are like $35. What? <laughs> hey, does it come on that case or did you put it on the case? No, you stick it on. Oh, right. So okay. this is the other great thing. You can go with the case of choice, yep. stick on your pop socket and bombs away. Bombs away. I can't do life without a pop socket anymore. <laughs> and I challenge anyone else to attempt to do the same. I challenge anyone out there. I take it back. To live retract. life without a pop socket. <laughs> I really like challenging people, don't I? I need to take that out of my vocabulary. I love that you've just arrived at that realization today <laughs> it's the game nazi in me i can't help it oh, all right so mouthwash and a pop socket and i challenged no one <laughs> <laughs> we love you deals we really do we're so grateful for you hanging out with us whether you're in lockdown or not we're happy you're here and we'll see you on friday for another bestie hotline bring bring cue the outro one of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>